So, you thought you were coming to this podcast getting financial advice with all the stock market uh, <laughs> shenanigans this past few, few days. Unfortunately, this is not the place for that. Uh, we, we're a podcast that talks primarily about sports and this week about the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, if, that, if you're trying to looking for money advice, I apologize in advance, but hopefully you stick around for this episode. Invest in Dogecoin, if anything. <laughs> There's oh, some smart financial <laughs> advice right there. Some Dogecoin. That's a, that's a good bet there. <laughs> but no, I'm joking. Don't take financial advice from me or investment <laughs> advice from me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, welcome back to the Behind the Net podcast. I like your intro there. Um, as always, it's Matthew and Michael um, on the mics. <laughs> and yeah, another week in sports. Uh, we're going to keep it fairly short we have a great interview lined up this week uh with uh, john steitzer of the Leafs nation managing editor of the Leafs nation so that's fun um and yeah just we'll get into the meat meat of things michael how's your week been going work week's been good i'm back to school uh to starting again the full routine things are getting busy again which is great because uh i can't remember a time when uh i've had this much on my plate it's been good what about you Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, that's a good thing these days. You know, I, I feel like for most of the pandemic, we've had nothing on our plate. So it's definitely a refresher to have a lot on your plate, right? But almost in a good way. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, um, me as well. Just been working, uh, just been chilling. Uh, no new video games to report, to be honest. Uh, I've just been uh, honestly been playing a lot of the new 2K uh um that's been my biggest thing and, and been playing a lot of mario kart and smash bros again um so that's been go. good um how's uh la noir i'm over 50 percent done the game so there's that nice. but i will say uh i don't have a video game recommendation for this week either i do have a movie recommendation for this week uh i'm sure a lot of you guys know about tiger woods and uh just how much of an impact he had on golf and also just how controversial he is now. Well, there's a, a great documentary that came out a few weeks ago called Tiger. It's on HBO or Crave if you're in Canada. I highly recommend you watch it if you haven't seen it yet. It's great. I will definitely be watching that because I love sports documentaries. Uh, I think last week I actually recommended the uh, Tony Parker documentary. So I definitely will be watching, will be, uh, watching the Tiger Woods documentary now that you mentioned it. So yeah, I'll check that out. Yeah, it's a great it's a great watch. I thought it was very compelling. And now I'm watching t- golf highlights, so that should tell you how much I enjoyed it. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Uh, maybe we'll have to start talking about golf uh, tournaments here. <laughs> Behind the putt. <laughs> I like that name. Um, but yeah, we not much this week, but uh, we'll talk about the Raptors. I mean, let's just head into that. There's, I mean, <laughs> there's not a whole lot of new things to talk about with the Raptors, but what is going on with them? You know, they had a good stretch of games and then now they're kind of right back to, uh, to struggling. Yeah. It's been, uh, quite the, the year for this Raptors team. Again, remember how we've been saying as much as it sucks to see this team struggle, it might not be the worst thing in the world. If, if that means they could get a top pick or they are able to get Bradley Beal out of, uh, Washington. Cause there's all the talk about Bradley Beal, uh, not being too happy with the situation right now. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, I I do want to ask you. Okay, let's hypothetical. Um, this might be fun. Let's say the Raptors did want to make a trade for Bradley Beal. I mean, we did talk about J- the James Harden hypothetical trade offers in the past. That ship has sailed. But now that Bradley Beal's the hottest um, item on the trade market, is there a trade that you would feel comfortable with the Raptors making? uh if it's to get Bradley Beal that's tough see that's the thing though I just don't know what the pack what the Washington Wizards would want in return who would you comfortably want to give up if that means you're getting a a great talented Bradley Beal Mm -hmm. I know Siakam's probably not going anywhere Van Fleet's not going anywhere uh Boucher's played himself out of the trade block I I don't know how how do you make that trade and I mean obviously that's the thing because of having to match the salaries it would have to be either pascal siakam or kyle lowry going the other way or maybe even fred van vliet um but yeah i mean i would say 
I, it's it's very unlikely that Pascal Siakam or, or Fred Van Vliet would be going anywhere, but I would say um, possibly Fred Van Vliet would be a hot piece that the Wizards would probably consider taking back, but I don't think it would have to take a lot more than that. So, I, I again, I think the Raptors are best just staying put, but it's kind of injury. Uh, it's kind of interesting. And I know at least in, in years past, Bradley Beal's been on the top of Raptors, uh, Raptor fans, trades uh trade lists or their uh their wanting list for a while exactly but if anything like again that if you get bradley beal then you're doing with the intention of trying to compete for a playoff spot this year or trying to make some damage in the eastern conference but even if they don't make a trade remember how i mentioned last week their road record was really bad it hasn't gotten much better since then right now it sits at two and seven Still not good enough. I, that's one of the worst rec- road records in the entire NBA. The only one that's worse is the Pistons and the Timberwolves are currently at 1-7. and seven. Mm-hmm. So the Lakers need to string together some wins on the road if they really want a legit chance of salvaging this season, if that's their 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 MO. But again, not the end of the world if, if the season doesn't work out. I completely agree, and it's definitely... Obviously, the Raptors are in a hard, a tougher spot than most NBA teams. Uh, even even with their home, they they don't really have a true home. So I feel I bet a lot of games feel like it's away or it's it's hard to get back into that uh kind of comfortable uh, mindset. But uh, speaking of the road record, uh, there is one other team that has the exact same road record as uh the the Raptors, and that's the Mi- the Miami Heat, who currently sit right below the Raptors. Um in uh 13th in the eastern conference i gotta ask you which team is more at this point which team is more likely to miss the playoffs the raptors or the heat both teams i'm probably struggling oh i still think that i still like the heat i think this is just probably a weird slump early in the season and plus since it's 72 games they could easily uh put together a long winning streak and easily catapult themselves back but if we're just talking about which team makes the playoffs, which doesn't, I just, I think at this point it's the Heat that are going to make it and the Raptors are going to miss. Mm-hmm. I just think the Heat proved that they are a championship-caliber team. They took the LA Lakers, arguably the best team in basketball right now, or maybe one of the best teams in basketball, to six games. And that's not easy to do, especially when that team pretty much came out of nowhere. So and it's surprising that they're struggling, but... I don't think uh, it's time to write them off. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, this season has been shaping up to be one of the weirdest seasons. Um, of course, Miami has been dealing with injuries, as Toronto has as well, to their top players, obviously Jimmy Butler. Um, just an early season slump, but you know we're seeing a lot of teams in the East that we didn't expect. You know, Cleveland, New York, uh, Charlotte's in ninth right now. They're uh, fighting for a playoff spot. Um, and even in the West... Have did we see Utah being the number one team so far? I mean, they've been playing great. They've been playing so great, and you know, teams like Dallas uh, and even Golden State um, out of the playoff race right now. Uh, so far, Golden State's just fighting. Just a crazy year so far. Utah's on an eleven-game winning streak, so yeah, yeah pretty insane. <laughs> Hottest start to team the year for in the them. NBA. Oh yeah, it's been insane. Um, and of course, like that that whole team is just playing great, but. Uh, yeah, we'll just have to see how this season plays out. Um, again, with the Raptors, I don't have much to say about them. Uh, it feels like just another week of ups and downs for them. And uh, that's pretty much what the whole season feels like it's going to be like. Um, and we'll just have to see. And I really think this is the season that uh, maybe the Raptors try to get lucky in the lottery. Maybe that's where they go. Yeah, I think that's really the, the main takeaway here. But uh, regardless... Uh... Raptors fans are not too happy about the way their, their season's gone so far. Just wanted to pause the conversation to remind you guys that our podcast also has a Twitter page. If you want to keep track of the latest episodes, if you want to send in your questions or just want to hang out, that's definitely the place for you. It's at Behind the Net Pod. That's B E H I N D T H E N E T P O D. Hope to see you there. Now back to the show. Well, you know who else is not happy? Me. <laughs> my bills let me down in the their biggest game in over 20 years oh man last last weekend <laughs> and i'm still not happy i mean if it helps like i said you know it's to the chiefs and uh hey the bills 
have just shown that this is the the start of of big big things. Like you said last uh, last week, uh, if if not this season, next season will definitely be the big one to to watch the Bills for, right? Yeah, but yeah, that, that was a great is, game. I will give it that. That was a great game to watch. Here's the thing that kind of like maybe rubs me off the wrong way, because yeah, there were some moments where the Bills looked pretty good, but that was probably like the first quarter, and that's about it. It's just the fact that that Chiefs team almost got upset by the Browns the previous week. The mm. Browns played the Chiefs better than the Bills did. And the Bills, <laughs> everyone's been saying, are arguably the second best team in the AFC. So I guess a lot of people are starting to rethink that now. So that's that's what's frustrating to me. Like, Put why some, put some respect on the Browns' name. No, of course I need some respect. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, of course. Uh. Of course. Um but as it as it stands, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl once again, and they're taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who, of course, every week we've been saying we're keeping an eye on them uh, all season, pretty much. And hey, Tom Brady um, and Gronk—they've been able to—they—they, uh, they, I guess the gamble paid off, uh, and and they showed why they are who they are, and especially Tom Brady, why he's the goat, and um, able being able to come to a new team and take them all the way to the Super Bowl and we'll see if he can complete um you know just it, it honestly would be such an amazing season uh just the, the the whole legacy behind it and what it'll do to his legacy um it's pretty it's pretty great stuff absolutely we're going to save the Super Bowl preview talk for next week's podcast just because uh, that'll be right before the big game mm. and they'll be more relevant then but let me just say this it's going to be I'm going to be very intrigued by this matchup just because which team is gonna really bring their a game offensively because both teams have really good offenses oh yeah um and, and it's definitely gonna be one of the more intriguing uh, quarterback matchups um at the highest stage it's definitely gonna be it's gonna be really great <laughs> i'm excited you know you know what else i'm excited about for the listeners to finally hear our uh, interview with john and it, it was a great talk with mm-hmm. john just about the lease and his uh, upbringings for uh blogging and the least nation i i think the listeners deserve to listen to that so why don't we send it to them right now yep let's go today we're very pleased to have a very special guest on as many of you know Michael and I write for the Leafs Nation, a hockey blog about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Of course, that site only runs as smoothly as it does because of the captain steering the whole ship. Today, we're happy to have John Steitzer, the managing editor of the Leafs Nation, join us. Hey, John, how are you today? Good. How about you two? Good. 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 There's a Leaf game on. They're going to play the Oilers. And if all goes well, another win, maybe? Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, living in Edmonton, it's as a Leafs fan, it's always uh, a lot easier walking around the next day after a Leafs win. So, <laughs> fingers crossed, I can wear my jersey tomorrow and uh, rub it in some faces. Oh, Are you wearing the fun. reverse retro? I do not see a reverse retro in my future, unless uh, anyone from Real Sports is listening to this and wants to <laughs> prove me wrong uh, with a free jersey, but. Uh, I'm not really a jersey buyer most of the time. I think I'm, I've transitioned to buying jerseys for my kids, but not for myself. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Fair what enough. What are your thoughts on the reverse retro jerseys? Because they will be uh, wearing them um, a few times this season. I think uh, after playing NHL 21 a few times and seeing them in that game with like the full kit and everything, it it's a lot more tolerable than it is as uh say me middle-aged guy walking down the street wearing a leafs jersey for fashion i don't think i'd like the reverse retro look on me but on the ice it doesn't look as bad as i thought it would Mm -hmm. yeah i agree it's uh, definitely kind of grown on me a little bit but my final judgment will be once we actually see the leaf players on the ice wearing it because once once that happens then i'll like for sure say okay Maybe it's not that better. Ugh, it actually is disgusting after all. Yeah, if they shut out the Oilers tonight, it's all of a sudden my favorite jersey. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Or an Austin Matthews hat trick wearing the jersey. 
Yeah, give me a give me a good moment in it that I can. It'll be planted with positive memories throughout time. Yes, I will like to. Mm-hmm. I will defend the jersey, and I may end up <laughs> even changing my mind and purchasing one. Yeah, there you go. So, for the listeners that don't know, uh, Johns has actually been with the Leafs Nation for quite some time now. Uh, how long have you been there? Ah, uh, jeez, I guess on and off. Uh, since back in the days of uh, when uh, Camp Charon was the uh, managing managing editor, so uh, I think that was around 2013 or so. So it's been a while, and uh, left for a bit, but uh, came back, and uh, I still firmly believe we're the best Leaf site going. Oh yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree as how, well. <laughs> how did your career in blogging begin uh, back in those days? And what's uh, taking you to this point? Yeah, so uh, I guess it was around uh, 2008, and I was working a job that um, was a lot of just kind of simple data entry, so uh, I could get kind of my week's worth of work done in a couple hours, so that left me a lot of free time during the day. So I set up um, a Blogspot account and just... Started writing at uh, yakovmirnov.blogspot.com and did that for a few years and um, joined uh, Maple Leafs Hot Stove for a bit. And uh, yeah, that was a really positive experience as well. I think that was probably uh, when I was able to really get my uh, feet wet into doing a lot of different things within blogging and. Alec was great and put together um, an annual publication as well. So it was kind of cool to have some of my words uh, not only appear on the site, but appear in print. And uh, for a while, I was also with Bloggin uh, doing uh, their their Leafs uh, site uh, for a while. And yeah, it's I feel like I've bounced around a fair bit, but before finding the Leafs Nation, but uh, I think... Uh, I think uh, getting the opportunity from Cam and getting a chance to be brought in by someone who I not only respected a lot, but uh, has kind of proven with his career uh, that he knows what he's doing and what he's talking about uh, really uh, kind of set me on the path of the Leafs Nation or bust for me for writing. Mm -hmm. And uh, just like Cam kind of took you under uh, his wing, uh, I mean, we want to shout shout you out, of course, Mia. You you kind of took Michael and I uh, and and allowed us to start writing for uh, the Leafs Nation um, last last year, and, and that that was great. And we 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 definitely want to thank you for that. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but um, I want to ask you, like, uh, just just with who you've worked with before, like you've had the pleasure of working alongside a lot of great hockey bloggers uh, in the past. You know just like Cam, uh, Steve Dangle, Justin Fisher, Mike Stevens, and a lot more. Um, do you have any cool memories or funny memories uh, from working with any of them? Uh, yeah, I'd have to say that uh, working with uh, Justin was maybe uh, the most enjoyable uh, period of writing that we did. We had a good group then, like we do now, and uh, it was... Yeah, really kind of a close-knit group and a lot of uh, people who um, have been kind of up-and-comers as well, where it's a lot of people who are now writing for their own sites and uh, I think probably our our biggest name at that time uh, was probably uh, Kat Silverman and uh, getting a chance to kind of build a friendship uh, with her away from the site as well was nice and... Um, I think that it was also uh, something that I hope we start incorporating more back into uh, our site now was it was a bit more of the fun experience as well, where we'd pick fights with uh, the other nation sites on a fairly regular basis, and we'd write a lot of stuff just to upset Oilers fans, and uh, (laughs) we had a... We had an ongoing uh, uh, beef with uh, pension pe- plan puppets for a while, uh, which uh, I don't know whether they realized that we were mainly meaning it as a lighthearted, joking thing, because uh, we never really kind of connected on it, but we made fun of them a fair bit during that time. And 
yeah, it kind of made for a, a, a fun atmosphere. Uh, and uh, I, I like the idea of kind of balancing that, uh, uh, not only kind of having like that, here's our, here's the news that we're covering, here's like the analysis that we're doing, and all those components, but also kind of uh, reincorporating a lot of that, uh, that fun nature back into blogging as well, where it's be able to laugh at ourselves a bit and have a bit of fun along the way. So, um, but yeah, it's uh, a lot of, a lot of good names that I've got to watch go on to uh, bigger things. Um, uh, Cam definitely uh, is probably the, uh, Cam and Steve are probably the most prominent, but I mean, now it's uh, Dom who's uh, cracked the uh, top 10 uh, most influential uh, media people and getting the chance to, right with him in his early days of uh, figuring it out as well was really cool. And I remember seeing his stuff in drafts and just kind of being like, oh my God, this stuff is so beyond what <laughs> I can comprehend. And uh, it kind of pushed me to learn a lot more along the way. So as much as old people can be inspired <laughs> by uh, kids, I think that uh, Dom is kind of one of those people that, I'd say it was uh, a really good experience working with as well. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you kind of, yeah, like exactly that. You've already touched on a lot of it. Uh, I was going to ask, what what would you say is something, you know, very valuable that you picked up from them? I mean, yeah, even Dom kind of influencing you in that regard. Uh, that's huge too. Yeah, I, I think that that's, that's the biggest piece of it is um, trying to learn from each other on the site, like right now with, with Earl, uh, I mean, he just knows so much about like the CBA and uh, and the salary cap and uh, the business side of hockey so much. Uh, I think that uh, he's a resource that I really enjoy tapping into on the site. And I mean, we've got so many people who are um, kind of expanding uh, my knowledge of women's hockey and of of all these different uh, areas as well. And I think our site's become very good at kind of getting at the hockey culture side of things as well. And uh, for my old ass kind of being, uh, <laughs> uh, being kind of ingrained in like the older hockey culture uh, and things like that, it's, uh, it's always something where it's, uh, there's always an opportunity to step back and listen a little bit more and learn a bit more and, and kind of uh, share those learnings as well. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. For sure. And I just want to take this moment uh, to shout out to all the guys at Least Nation that have been doing an awesome mm -hmm. job with the coverage of the Toronto Six, specifically Murr, who's been the forefront of all this, and she was the one that uh, got it all together. But I know Nick has been doing a lot of work uh, with that. Uh, I, I believe uh, Marsha has been doing some work as well. And yeah, no, everyone's been doing great. Uh, great job, guys. Yeah, and, and I was going to say, speaking of like all of them, like I just really love, I just want to say like I really love the team we have right now. It's just like how you were saying, you know, back in the day um, when you've worked with uh, some of the, the, the older, the former um, people you've worked with, um, just the, the, the atmosphere of the Leafs Nation was always very, uh, you know, laid back and, and, and very uh, a close-knit group. And I feel that a lot with our group right now. And it's, it's great. I love, the, I love the chats like every day. Yeah, I, I think we've got a good social group that uh, yeah, enjoys talking to each other in Slack. And I mean, it's the things where it's, we've got like the fantasy league that we put together and, and, and pieces like that, where it's a group that seems to enjoy the hockey community we've uh we've built for ourselves uh so it's and i think that yeah it, it's I, I think that kind of supporting uh environment is as well is is good for uh everyone who's trying to either make a career in uh in journalism or whether it's making a career in hockey operations or um even if it's just kind of, um, yeah, uh, other aspects of, of writing or broadcasting or, uh, pieces like that, where it's kind of getting, getting the foot wet, getting feet wet, but in a kind of positive supporting environment. And, uh, unfortunately, 
I'm not Cam, and I'm not going to have a lot of hockey operations uh, connections uh, for you guys down the road where it's a lot of uh, referrals and things like that. But uh, it's uh, I'll do my best to kind of make it a, a supporting, fun environment uh, for while everyone's there before they go on to bigger and better things. Mm-hmm. And I've always told Michael, like, uh, just right from the get-go when we joined the Leafs Nation, just the... Um, just how great of an atmosphere, obviously, that you have uh, really made for all of us. And, and just obviously, uh, it all starts with you at the top there. And, and yeah, we just want to thank you a lot for that. It's been great. Mm-hmm. Thanks for saying that. And yeah, it's, I think that uh, I think we've gotten good support from uh, the Nation Network as well, where it's they've uh, given us a lot of uh, uh, freedom to, to do more than. Uh, than uh, maybe we would have uh, been able to do in the past. And I think that uh, it's a good sign that the network's kind of growing and adapting as well. And it's uh, it's been a good good environment uh, working with them as well. So it's uh, mm-hmm. been a bit of a team effort from them too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, speaking of supportive and fun, it's been kind of uh, fun to support this current iteration of the Leafs team. And, you know, this, this season as a whole has been... Uh, off and running, uh, schedule quirks be damned. Uh, it's been it's been quite the year so far. Let's just, aside from the lack of fans, what's one thing you notice that's different about the NHL this year? I mean, the fan one definitely uh, hits me a lot more than I thought it would. Where it's, uh, I I never thought that I was taking so many kind of cues from uh, the audience involvement and uh, and the crowd and the authentic crowd noise. Uh, so that one's been a, a, a big one for me. But uh, the, the other one that I've noticed uh, is definitely um, seems to be uh, sloppier hockey than uh, than uh, we've seen. Uh, maybe maybe not in October, but for seeing it in January, it's kind of very odd to be uh, uh, watching uh, as wide open games as we're seeing, which I think works to Leafs' advantage. But. It, uh, it was also an interesting thing that I heard on Edmonton radio and I kind of uh, wound up agreeing with it is uh, just, um, I mean, same way that we watch and kind of notice the fans being absent. It's with like the players uh, and certain players in particular that kind of feed off the audience. Like you think of um, like kind of like the heavy hitters or like enforcer types, like uh, with Edmonton, it's they've been trying to justify why Zach Cassian hasn't been as good this year, which it's, well, uh, the reason Zach Cassian isn't as good this year is he's not playing as much with Connor McDavid, so he doesn't look to be doing as good. But uh, it again, also where it's it's not something where it's like he can't go bowling into someone and then have the entire arena like on its feet cheering him on anymore and kind of getting him going further into the game. And uh, I think that there's mm-hmm. certain players that are kind of missing that kind of psychological component uh, to the game as well, where it's like they kind of need the atmosphere to get into it. And uh, it's kind of interesting to see uh, maybe over long term, if that kind of shakes out in a meaningful way where you start seeing certain players drop off and other players uh, maybe excel. You know, the Florida Panthers uh, have had no fans for basically the entire time, and they're, <laughs> I, I, they're off to a really good start, so your point's kind of valid there. Some teams do need the fans more than others. Yeah, no, I, I think I think there's something to that, too, uh, where it's like, with, say, maybe a player like um, Mitch Marner, who uh, had his contract situation last year and was heavily scrutinized in Toronto and had a lot of pressure put on him. And now this year he's coming in and he's playing in an empty arena. And maybe that just kind of calms him down a bit where mm-hmm. it's, it's a uh, less judgmental arena for him. So uh, I always find the psychology of uh, sports uh, interesting where it's, it's, we never really account for it in the stats or in our uh, regular discussions, but uh, I mean, they're still human, and there's so much very variance in it. It's, uh, and I always think back uh, to Nikolai Kuleman, where it was just kind of he had a rough stretch one month, and then kind of never came back from it because uh, 
uh, I think it was uh, some family issues, and then he had uh, a hit that just kind of rocked him, and then he was just never the same player after that. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, that's definitely something to think about, uh, just how players react to the whole changes that are going on. Um, mm-hmm. I, I want to ask you, so far, obviously still early in the season, but how, how would you assess the Leaf season so far? Uh, I'd say they've been very fortunate uh, that, I mean, sloppy hockey does kind of work to the Leafs' benefit. Like, I wouldn't say there's been, and well, I mean, the scores kind of support it where they haven't uh, won by more than two goals uh, in a game yet, but um, it's, they just kind of wind up being a bit of a mess that ends up based off of their talent uh, coming out on top. And I think that uh, the more time that uh, teams have to study film on this uh, version of uh, the Leafs, and and I think film is going to play a bigger role this year when it's just kind of cycling through the same teams over and over again. I kind of wonder if the Leafs are going to hit hit a wall once uh, once teams can kind of play the Leafs the way that uh, say Columbus did, where it's Columbus, it just over the summer, it looked like a team that had done all the homework necessary on Toronto, and uh, I'm not sure that Toronto is still that kind of adaptive team that can kind of go and win a different way other than uh, relying on uh, finding odd man rushes and uh, and uh, getting into the zone and establishing a, a puck cycle. Mm-hmm. That's a good point because uh, two of the least losses this year have been pretty frustrating ones. Uh, look no further than their second game of the regular season against the Ottawa Senators, a team everyone thought the least would steamroll over and just cruise to two easy points. But lo and behold, they gave up four consecutive goals to a Senators team that is now on a lengthy losing streak and they're just trying to look for some positives. And then there's that game against Edmonton where a few costly mistakes ended up uh, hurting them in the long run. I think the big thing for this Leafs team is just trying to find some consistency with, with besides the inconsistency being consistent. Yeah, it's exactly that where um, it's, it's just too much uh, inconsistency. Um, Like it's when you look at the team at large, it's like, there's not really even like a player that you can kind of point to and, readily throw them under the bus where it's like, it's like they've been having like say a bat, a consistently bad effort or something like that. It's for the most part, most of the Leafs have, have been having uh, a better than average year for them. It's maybe Morgan Riley ends up being one that uh, has been underwhelming, but that's still underwhelming compared to regular Morgan Riley, not uh, compared to a defenseman in general. Uh, so it's something where just, yeah, the inconsistencies of it, where it's the same players that could be wowing you uh, for two-thirds of the game just kind of completely fall apart for a third of it. And, uh, again, maybe Marner is one of those names that kind of uh, comes up on that, where it's he hasn't always looked the best this year. Even even if he is chasing the league lead in points, it's he's had his moments where he's... Uh, uh, looked questionable uh, or just kind of completely disappeared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's definitely something that comes with over time. Uh, mm-hmm. Just the team getting to work itself out, getting more familiar with the other uh, new members of the team. I think that's one thing some fans uh, tend to overlook. It's just how much of an adjustment it's been. Yeah. And the lack of preseason games does play a factor. As much as people like to say, oh, it's the preseason, who cares? I think that those uh, few tune-up games do make a big difference. Yeah, I'm a person who absolutely hates the preseason, doesn't want to watch it. Uh, it was a challenge for me to even watch that uh, inter-squad game, but uh, as much as it's painful for me to watch, uh, it certainly a couple of games uh, for the team's sake uh, definitely makes sense. It's it's tough going straight into it, and, and I think that's what they showed as well with that kind of early Ottawa loss and... Uh, and um, kind of uh, relying on the refs to put them back in the game against Montreal as well. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I know a lot of Leaf fans would like to say who's been their biggest disappointment, and you could point the finger to whoever you want. Uh, it, it there'll never be a consistent answer, but I got to ask you, who's been your biggest surprise and biggest disappointment for this Leafs team so far? Oh, I mean, biggest disappointment, uh, I guess, uh, winds up being uh, Miko Letnin. Uh, just. Um, again, through no fault of his own, but uh, I think after years of knowing better, of don't don't get too uh, too psyched over KHL Defenseman of the Year, uh, and and it's something where it's that kind of player will come in and be kind of a bottom bottom pairing type player uh, in the NHL. I think I allowed myself to believe that uh, he'd be someone who'd be pushing for possibly uh, a spot on the uh, muzzin pairing uh, right out the gate and uh and believe that say okay well his his uh, strong point shot would be something the Leafs would need and want to exploit on possibly even on their uh, top power play unit so i i allow myself to get kind of suckered in by some uh impressive looking uh, uh gifts of uh of his point shot, and I think that the reality is it's he needs to be treated a bit more in the kind of Cali Rosen uh, uh, type caliber player, where it's if he gets on and off exposure throughout this year, he might be a, a worthwhile defenseman next year. And mm-hmm. so I think through no fault of his own, uh, uh, he was maybe my bigger biggest disappointment, is just because uh, I came in with some high expectations on him. Um, as for players like standing out in uh, in a positive way, um, again, there's consistency issues with all of them, but uh, I think we, more so than any other player, there's been points this year where it's uh, William Nylander just kind of has taken over in like the offensive zone and really kind of mm-hmm. sparked the team at at the right moments in the game and really like just um, I I. I the offensive zone entry aspect is something that I've noticed this year that uh, they really don't have anyone else on the Leafs who compares to uh, to Nylander for uh, carrying the puck into the zone. I, I think that uh, uh, even uh, even Matthews uh, can't uh, can't do it as well as Nylander does, and he's worth accepting those uh, defensive shortcomings or. Uh, periods where he shuts his uh, brain off for for 20 minutes but uh, I, I think that uh, he's been one that's kind of stood out uh, in a lot of games where it's been in a real positive uh, manner mm-hmm. I, I, completely I have to agree with you on on Miko Lennon for sure yeah uh, I, I think me and Matthew were both pretty excited about his potential uh, coming into the season and you know, part of that is due to the fact that Travis Dermott's been playing pretty well, but also part of that's been due to Zach Bogosian playing really well. And it's just they've they've had a difficult time finding a way to get uh, Lennon into the lineup. And unless there's some injuries to the defense, God forbid, I, I don't think Lennon's going to be an everyday player. And that's un- un- an unfortunate uh, reality that he's going to have to live with for the next couple months. And I don't think that's the end of the world for him either. Like it's, I mean, I I don't think that um, um, swapping out Dermot is ne- isn't something that I've felt particularly good about uh, this year because I think Dermot's uh, been playing uh, to the point where he deserves to be in the lineup, and I think uh, Bogosian is, I mean, he's been good as well and exceeded expectations, but I think he's a bit more of that kind of role player where it's similar to Lettinen, where it's, you kind of, depending on who you're playing, you uh, either drop in the uh, offensive option or the defensive option, and it seems to me that make more sense to kind of, especially during the uh, games against the Oilers, uh, to kind of swap Bogosian out and maybe put Lettinen in and, and turn it into kind of the... Uh, into the uh, track meet that it normally is between Edmonton and Toronto and just try to beat them 6-5 instead of 
three one uh, the three one loss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. For sure. My next question is: uh, There's been a lot of talk about the Leafs uh, going after a forward potentially. Uh, I want to ask you if you were the GM, which forward you would you acquire, or just in, even in general, if you were the GM, is is there any specific move you'd want to make? Well, I, the one that I've kind of been exploring, just because I think that it's the the probable Dubis one, uh, and I certainly don't object to it uh, if he goes this route, is I keep on thinking about Jared McCann and Pittsburgh. And largely that's kind of triggered by the fact that there's talk that uh, Rutherford uh, might have had a deal with Toronto lined up for a defenseman before uh, he uh, abruptly resigned. And uh, if that's true... um, um, and uh, Dubas's uh, love of going after players he knows and going after his former uh, players from the Greyhounds and uh, and things like that. Jared McCann seems like he'd be a good complementary, like kind of secondary score, but good kind of two-way defender at the same time. That kind of uh, fits with what the Leafs are trying to do uh, in every sense, except for trying to make a $2.9 million cap hit uh, uh, work on the Leafs, but uh, he's probably the name that kind of sits the most in my head. Um, I mean, there's some other ones. Kelly uh, 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 Yarnuck in uh, Nashville is another one that I think would kind of fit with what uh, Toronto could put together and pull off, where it's, uh, um, again, maybe that's something where it's, I hate to keep on saying Dermot, uh, so maybe I'll pick on Lettinen instead and say, you know, Lettinen and uh, and Engvall uh, kind of sync up from a price uh, standpoint and would give uh, the Leafs an option at a solid uh, third-line center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just definitely a tough one to assess uh, what the Leafs would, should do in that scenario, all because of the Seattle Kraken and people mm-hmm. need to remember that the, the expansion draft is this July and the Leafs are in danger of losing someone pretty valuable uh, in a few months time. People are assuming it's going to be Justin Hall. I'm going to, I think they're going to find a way to protect him. He's, he's become too valuable, especially against Connor McDavid. And it's probably going to be Dermot. That's going to be the odd man out in that, in this case, which is unfortunate. Yeah, and I I think that it's um, more and more the Leafs are kind of shifting towards a team that has to look at the, uh, instead of um, protecting seven forwards uh, and three defensemen, uh, just going with the protect uh, eight players uh, model and uh, where, I mean, largely looking at that under the eyes of uh, protecting a hull, but... uh, but then also um, now I almost wonder. It's like do you just kind of protect. Uh, well, I guess yeah. It, do you risk exposing um, someone like Muzzin uh, or um, probably not Brody at this point? It's he's he hasn't been consistent, but that's they're not going to leave uh, the recently signed player uh, unprotected. But with someone like Muzzin who for a team that's kind of just starting out and is uh, probably not looking at adding uh, an aging uh, defenseman uh, with a six million, close to $6 million cap hit, do you kind of roll the dice on uh, exposing Muzzin and then protecting uh, someone like Hall instead? Definitely a lot to mm-hmm. think about. Uh, maybe give Kyle Dubas a call, see what he thinks about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that... That'll be my hot take uh, uh, for all this, uh, is um, talking about the Leafs putting arguably their best defenseman uh, exposed in the uh, in the expansion draft. But I think uh, you certainly need to look at the age aspect as well when you're making your decisions. And, and I guess also look at what the free agent crop is going to look like. Uh, I think also they need to... I uh, get a few more uh, games of uh, Rasmus Sandin. Uh, maybe not rush him in in the next little while, but 
uh, make sure that they get a good look at him this year to see if he will be an NHL regular next year. And if he's going to be that NHL regular next year, then you can maybe take a few more gambles. Mm -hmm. I think that's a definitely good plan for sure. Uh, Since we're talking about comparing, uh, like looking ahead a year, why don't we look, look back a year and just compare last year's Leafs team to this year's Leafs team. I know most of the key players are still here. And one of the things that remains the same from last year is Sheldon Keefe. But obviously Sheldon Keefe was not the coach at the start of last season. So overall, like what's, what, what's been the biggest difference between last year's team and this year's team? Well, I mean, arguably like talent wise uh, on paper, they might look worse this year than, than they did last year. Uh, again, that's assuming that paper is inflating the value of Tyson Berry and not accounting for the frustrations that go along with them. But uh, I think that it's it's showing a bit more of uh, the Leafs' kind of growth this year, where it's there's that interest in playing a more complete hockey game. I still don't think that they're 100% uh, there, and I think that they need a few more players who do more than just one thing really, really well. Uh, I think they need a few uh, kind of good jack-of-all-trades type players where um, you don't mind having them out in multiple situations or if a team's playing a certain way that doesn't that makes them potentially disappear uh, for their style. But I think that uh, the Leafs have moved in that uh, complete uh, game direction and that's probably the biggest difference uh i still have my my kind of middle of the road stance on sheldon keith um in ideal world uh we'd be having head coach bruce bruce boudreau right now in my head but uh uh i can certainly appreciate uh, the value in having uh, a GM and coach that are 100% on the same page. And uh, that's still the biggest uh, benefit of Keith. Mm-hmm. I hundred percent agree with that. Uh, it's been a big beneficial factor for the Leafs. I felt um, having that kind of synergy between the coach and the GM. Yeah, no, it's even again, kind of looking at Barry who it's, I, I've never been a fan of Tyson Berry, but um, look at like last year where uh, if if she if Keith was a head coach to, instead of Babcock when he came in, it would have been uh, putting him into a situation where the coach is going to play him the way the GM what for the the way the GM brought him in to be played instead of uh, putting him on uh, Muzzin's pairing and putting him up putting Tyson Berry up against uh, uh, the top uh, offensive line on uh, on the opposition every single night. It was just kind of setting that pairing up for complete failure. And really it's what probably sped up the uh, dismissal of Babcock more than anything else was uh, um, you could see that uh, Dubas was making efforts to bring in the, bring in uh better players, more talented players, but uh, they didn't want to play Babcock's uh, style. Now, Keefe, I don't know well enough to know what specifically his style is, <laughs> but it seems to be a bit more about using players uh, uh, in the areas that they have strengths, not trying to sandwich them into roles that he believes should exist. And and for the Leafs and their level of talent, that's probably uh, the better approach. Mm-hmm. I think it's definitely, I think the jury's still out on whether or not uh, Sheldon keeps the right coach for in a lot of people's eyes. And I think that's fair. You, you definitely make a good point. We still need to see more time under Sheldon Keefe to, to really assess if this is really the right move. But I think just from purely just a, a calmness within the locker room and just like uh, how, how, how much the players enjoy coming to the rink every day. I, I still think back to Dermot's quote, the first game in the Sheldon Keefe era. I think that's just the fact the players want to play for him speaks volumes to me. Well, no, I think there's a benefit to having um, with like such a young core. I mean, they're not really a young team anymore, but such a young core having a 
a young coach as well uh, who who kind of gets what they're about and gets their personalities and is comfortable letting them have a personality, which is uh, a big shift from the uh, Lou and uh, Babcock era to the uh, Dubas and uh, Keith era. Is they're allowed to have personalities now. Um, so I think that in that sense, uh, Keith has definitely uh, uh, helped them, but um, I'm never full. Well, I think it's true for any coach and for any GM. It's I, I'd get cautious if I was too too enthusiastic about everything they're doing because it's I know I'll turn on them eventually. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, fair. Um, you know. I gotta, I gotta say, this Canadian division's been. Uh, I I think we can all agree the Canadian division has lived up to expectations of just the, the animosity, the intensity, and just the overall excitement each and every game. I mean, look no further than just earlier this week, uh, the ending of the Flames Leafs game, and how much fans are going to be looking forward to the next matchup between those two teams, and tonight as well. Like how much uh, pride or just uh, like bragging rights are going to be on the line uh, whoever wins tonight's game. Uh, but there's still the talk about having to actually compete and try and co- get a playoff spot. So I know we're only about nine, about a week or a couple weeks into this season, and things could easily change on a dime. But so far, which Canadian team does the Leafs need to be most concerned about right now? Well, I mean, for when it comes to who's going to be kind of chasing them in the standings and kind of looking at the full complete picture of um, of who's going to be tough to play against and who's going to be right there with them in the playoffs, it's probably Montreal. Um, it's, I mean, Montreal does have, like, a team that's largely built to handle uh, Toronto, and I think a large part of that is uh, the fact that it's Claude Julien as the coach, and that's... Uh, that's someone who's had uh, years of success of knowing to put big defensemen and uh, and forward to finish their checks uh, up against Toronto and uh, getting them to kind of back off. So I think that once you once you get into the playoffs and um, uh, God forbid we get a Carey Price hot streak, which we know we'll get if uh, if they uh, meet in the playoffs. Uh, uh, the Leafs would have probably the most trouble with Montreal. Mm-hmm. Now, reg- regular season-wise, I still think it's going to be Ottawa. That just is like the biggest thorn in the side for the Leafs and uh, the team that will kind of ex- uh, exploit their uh, inconsistencies uh, the most because uh, everyone on Ottawa is uh, playing to get out of Ottawa. It's they're not gonna, they're not the most talented, but they're going to be playing every night to to make their case for why they should be uh, dealt at the trade deadline to a contender. And for the ones that are sticking around there, like all the guys on the entry-level deal, it's they're, they're wanting to show that they're ready to move up in the lineup and make their case for being dealt from Ottawa in a couple of years' time. So uh, I think Ottawa is going to be a, a tough one for Toronto during the regular season. But uh, I, think, I think the West uh, is kind of... Um, what what's been on display for the past few years, and that's that the Pacific Division was incredibly bad, and there's a reason why uh, Vegas has had the success they uh, have because it's very easy to walk over the Western Canadian teams, and uh, maybe that's too optimistic going into uh, tonight against Edmonton, but uh, I, I think that uh, the Leafs will have a really easy easy time with uh, the Western Canadian teams. Uh, Winnipeg included. Oh, 100%. Um, I definitely agree with you that they're, um, I, I really do think Montreal is going to be the one uh, that the Leafs have to be most concerned about. Yeah, Montreal definitely has has lived up to preseason hype. I thought I, I thought there, it was just completely ridiculous just how much hype was going around that team uh, in the weeks leading up to the season. But you know what? This is the one time that the the media has got something right. So yeah, Montreal is looking legit, and I hope that the Leafs don't have to play them in the playoffs at least until the second round. Because if that's the case, that's going to be one hell of a series, mm-hmm. uh, not just from an entertainment perspective, just from pure 
that's going to be a hard one to win. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now it's hopefully someone uh, lines up with them uh, favorably in the uh, in the first round and Edmonton knocks them off or Vancouver knocks them off or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, hopefully. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm, I got to ask you, uh, do you have any hot takes? Uh, or Give us a hot take that you think uh, about how the season will end, uh, either for the Leafs or, or just in general about the whole league. <sighs> okay, I'll try and, uh, and grab a quick one on the Leafs. Uh, yeah. well, I th- my hottest take is probably that I think that uh, Dubas is going to be incredibly uh, busy at the uh, trade deadline. Uh, it's a 14-day uh, wait period for American players, be damned. Uh, I think that uh, there's enough depth on the Leafs right now and uh, 2021 doesn't look to be a particularly stellar draft year. So I'd assume that uh, the Leafs first round pick is in play. Uh, I think uh, uh, there'll be a lot of uh, movement there and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if uh, some players um, like say, even like Ilya Mikheyev uh, uh, wind up being dealt uh to kind of make room for uh, any kind of upgrade that Toronto will attempt to afford. So that would probably be my my biggest take there. The other is, uh, despite Colorado uh, getting so much uh, favorable press heading into uh, the preseason, I, even I picked them for uh, the Cup, I think uh, goaltending will just kind of be their undoing and uh, there'll be a first-round exit. Ooh. We'll see how that plays out. Oh, that's that spicy one right there. I think yeah, a lot of uh, people are going to be so mad about that one. That's that's an early admission of me being wrong because I thought that they'd be uh, they'd be uh, strong, mm-hmm. uh, but I, th- I think that goaltending will be their undoing. I did too. So that's going to be a big uh, a big thing to watch for come playoff time. Yeah. Um, but before I let you go, John, I. First of all, appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and uh, just for all the work you've been doing on the Least Nation uh, for all these years. But, you know, the future is always bright. And there's so many. Just because we're in the Slack chat, we just know there's a lot of cool things coming up. But what are some things that you can tell the listeners that they can be excited to expect uh, for the Least Nation going forward? That's... (laughs) Well, I, I think that uh, we'll definitely um, see uh, a more expansion of uh, it being uh, beyond just kind of uh, writing appearing on the site. I think that uh, we can expect uh, more video, uh, more podcasts. Uh, um, I think that um, I'm going to be further expanding off my trying to be something uh, to everyone uh, approach with the site where it's, you might not like our articles on hockey culture, but you like our articles on uh, hockey analytics. Well, then I, I think that uh, you'll definitely see where we look, we look to increase uh, uh, in those areas as well, where it's, uh, I think that um, um, we'll definitely be uh, uh, seeing a bit more of a analytics push in the future as well. Uh, I think um, as much as I, I love our group and no one from our group is, <laughs> is going anywhere. Uh, I, I always see the value in uh, bringing in uh, new faces. And uh, I think of Roxanne and her uh, awesome uh, debut she's had this week. Uh, I can, I can see the value in uh, kind of continuing to look for uh, new faces. So, if anyone out there is listening to this and wants <laughs> wants to uh, check in with me about opportunities at Leafs Nation, I'm always listening. For sure, and uh, of course, that's one thing that we really love. To thank you for is that uh, you know you take chances on uh, writers, young writers like uh, Michael and I, and yeah, yeah, we would love to uh, um, expand the team. Uh, a lot of great talent out there, as we've seen with the. Uh, even just since we joined, uh, the the new faces we've seen or the new writers that have joined, uh, it's all been, it's all been uh, they've they brought great things to the team. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, 
yeah we want to thank you again for coming on uh, those are all our questions and my uh, pleasure thanks for having me yeah we had a lot of fun that was awesome and uh yeah just uh thanks so much and and, and hopefully a lot more cool things to come at, at the leafs nation yeah, you can count on that <laughs> where can the listeners uh, find you on twitter uh i am at statester john uh so Stetzer, S-T-E-I-T-Z-E-R, and John, J-O-N, uh, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So, so everyone, you make sure you follow, give him a follow and check out his work, uh, of course, at the Leafs Nation. Uh, and definitely make sure you give him a follow because uh, I remember, I think you lost your last Twitter account, right? And just yeah, no, try to rebuild I'm that. On, yeah, I'm on to account number four. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I got locked out of my last one and couldn't uh, and didn't have an email set up for... Uh, for uh, getting sent the uh, the login information, so yeah, it's starting over again. And yeah, if uh, you're wanting to follow, by all means. If not, uh, I save my best stuff for from uh, at uh, TLNDC. There we go. Um, so there yeah, go. make sure you follow up those socials and follow up uh, the Leafs Nation as well. So thanks one more time, and uh, yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> thanks. Bye. What a great interview, man. Um, John, thank you again for coming on. Uh, that was that was a great time. And, and for all you guys who, uh, I mean, obviously, Michael and I both write for the Leafs Nation, but really, like, none of it would be possible without John. So definitely check out his stuff, check out his socials, and uh, just a great guy overall. And John does write pretty much every single day. And mm-hmm. uh, I can attest that uh, that's not easy to do. And the fact that he's able to do that, but also put out quality work each and every single day, it's it's quite a testament. I'm always inspired by that. Oh, so yeah. every time you see an article from John's, make sure to read it. It's great. It's always usually really good. A hundred percent. So I think we'll start closing out this uh, this episode here. Uh, I know we did want to talk about uh, hot takes, just like we were talking about with John. Um, we we about our own hot takes. So it doesn't have to be big. Uh, Michael, what is one hot take for? either the NHL season or the Leafs season that you uh, have. Okay. So for this Leafs team, I think it's not really much of a hot take. It's just me guessing they're going to make a trade at some point this year, and it's going to involve a defenseman and they're going to get back the forward that they need really badly. And it's mm-hmm. not just because, Oh, Robertson's injured. Thorne's injured. They need some help. No, they're going to get somebody that's going to be here for a while. And I think uh, you're going to see one of either Dermot or Lennon going the other way. And it's going to suck because I have high hopes for one of, for either one of them, but it's the nature of the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in terms of just the league as a whole, ooh, that's... Uh, hmm. I'm going to say that the... Hmm. I'm going to say that the Minnesota Wild have a better season in the playoffs than the Avalanche do. Nice. That's uh that's an interesting uh that's an interesting uh hot take actually. That's much like John's, but that's that's a big one. I will say that. And mine's a, mine's a little more specific. This is just more generality. Yeah. Uh that's a that's a big one though and that that would be interesting. Yeah, I had I was telling John I had a the avalanche picked as a as favorites um once again but uh like you said minnesota surprising as well i'm gonna keep mine uh not probably not on that as big of a scope as yours is but uh specifically i think mitch marner will hit 30 goals this season i think he'll do it Ooh. um but i don't i think he'll be just beaten out um for the art ross unfortunately but uh he's putting up he's showing that he can not only put up points, but uh, an assist, but also he's upped his scoring game, which is what um, he's been wanting to do. So that's great. And uh, I guess my league one was that uh, I, I think I think uh, the Art Ross is McDavid's once again to win and possibly even MVP. Ooh, okay, okay. 
I, I like that. Mm-hmm. That is I, if they can I, if they can make the playoffs, but uh, it's still it's still early in the season, so um, I'm not counting out any teams yet. Oh no, I'm not counting out. Any te- well, maybe except Ottawa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sorry, Fence fans. And and their one win is against the Leafs, so uh, yeesh. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. That's true. <laughs> Did you see DJ Smith's comment the other, earlier? He basically was asked, "How do you cover McDavid?" And he said you don't or something along the lines of that it's like great co- great great uh, reassurance coach ask justin hall <laughs> <laughs> they just need to get justin hall that's what that's what the senators need <laughs> ask him that question how do you cover mcdavid <laughs> but uh be, yeah yeah uh i think we'll close out the episode here um as always you can follow us on twitter on the um on our podcast twitter uh at behind the net pod or you can tweet follow uh message whatever me at uh matt underscore rodrigo underscore you can follow me on twitter at the leafs imo don't forget about our our, uh, our twitter account for the podcast and uh we we I promise we won't be bugging you guys too much about this but we are still looking for a producer for the podcast please let us know if you're interested we definitely love to work with you. If, if you if you are interested, it'd be a great great help for us uh, in in more ways than one. Mm-hmm. If you're a student, maybe a media student, journalism student, any of that, uh, or even just a fan, someone wanting to get into uh, you know audio, working with audio editing, things like that, and and are just wanting to <laughs> wanting to talk to us, be friends. Uh, yeah, that would uh, it would be great to work with you. So just hit us up, and we'll see. Yeah, uh, I guess with that, uh, we'll we'll take uh, that'll be it for us. Uh, hopefully, you guys uh, invest in stocks wisely, and <laughs> hopefully, you don't you didn't invest in GameStop. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, that, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you guys next week. Oh wait, you probably some people did make good money off of GameStop. <laughs> what am I saying? Yeah, they did, but uh, it is gonna go down probably, but. Don't worry. (laughs) We'll catch you guys next week. (laughs) See you guys.